Let's pray together. Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for this privilege of joining together to worship you. I do ask that as we come before your word, as we come before you with openness, with attentiveness, um, that we would know um, something new of what it means to bless you, the great privilege that that is, uh, that we would be humble enough to receive your blessing as you speak to us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, well, friends, as we sort of come to uh, the last of our Psalms of Ascent, the series that we've been going through together, uh, we end with this beautiful invitation. And the invitation is to come and bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord. Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. It's a fitting invitation um, at the end of this long journey, both for the pilgrims who have been making their way to Jerusalem to worship the Lord in the original context of these Psalms of Ascent, as they would go to the temple three times per year to worship the Lord. That's why they set out in the first place to bless the Lord, to worship on his holy hill. But not only was worship the purpose of those various pilgrimages throughout the year for God's people, but it was the very purpose of their existence in the first place. If you remember in the Exodus, they were called out of Egypt to come and worship the Lord. It's our very purpose as well. It's the, the essence of our existence as well. The Westminster Shorter Catechism says, and I feel like this is extra appropriate, this is Reformation Sunday. Uh, it says this, the chief end of man, so the purpose of mankind, the telos of humanity, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Such a lovely line. That is our greatest purpose and end, to worship the Lord and to enjoy him. Come and bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, the psalm says. Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. And we receive his blessing in return as well. That's the fundamental invitation of our lives. We were created for worship. And what's wonderful about having this psalm as the final psalm of ascent is that it reminds us that blessing the Lord is not merely the final end towards which we have been moving, but the very thing that we have been learning to do and have been invited into all along the way. So Eugene Peterson said it like this. If you don't mind going to the, the quote there, all the movements of discipleship arrive at a place where joy is experienced, where blessing is experienced. Every step of ascent toward God develops the capacity to enjoy, meaning that our capacity to bless and enjoy God grows the more we experience Him. Not only is there increasingly more to be enjoyed as we get to know the Lord, there is steadily the acquired ability to enjoy Him or enjoy it. We have been learning to bless the Lord as we walk this road of discipleship, essentially. And our capacity, our ability and our capacity to bless the Lord has grown along the way as well. What a beautiful thought. So not only is worship the destination that we've been moving towards, if we think about this pilgrimage that the psalm, these Psalms of Ascent have been leading us on, but it's the very thing that we have been learning to do as we have been making this pilgrimage as well. And we see this as we look at the, at the Psalms of Ascent. We see the ways that they have revealed God's hand of blessing upon our lives all the way through it. So if we just look at the Psalms of Ascent, I just did a very brief uh, overview of it. 
but it begins with Psalm 120. It's this invitation to turn away from the wickedness of the world and the vain promises that the world offers and to turn towards the Lord. It's God's gracious calling to us. Worship begins as a call from God. It's not our act first and foremost. It's a gracious call from God first. Psalm 121, we see God guiding us and helping us along the way. Psalm 122, we see God offering us peace in the midst of a challenging journey. He doesn't lie to us and tell us that everything's going to be okay along the way. Easy, it's going to be an easy road of discipleship. But he says he will meet us with his peace even in the midst of it. Psalm 123, we receive God's mercy as we recognize that we're not just turning away from wickedness in the world, outside of us, but it's within us as well. And we need God's mercy. We need God's grace and his forgiveness in our lives. Psalm 124, we see God fighting for us and protecting us. Psalm 125, we recognize that God is our safety and our security, the firm foundation upon which we build our lives. We're tempted to build our lives on all sorts of different things. Only God is the firm foundation upon which we can stand. Psalm 126, we learn that in God there is the gift of hope. Hope is found in him and nowhere else. Psalm 127, we proclaim our dependence upon God and trust in his leadership. Psalm 128, we learn that God faithfully provides for his people. Psalm 129, we see that God is the one who meets us in the midst of our pain and our challenges and our suffering. He never leaves us or forsakes us, and he enters into the hurt with us. Most clearly seen in the person of Jesus. Psalm 130, we learn that God is patient and cares for us, and that we also recognize that many things in life are outside of our control, and we're forced to wait. But God waits with us. He meets us in that. He gives us the patience that we need. One of the most challenging life lessons that we have to learn. Psalm 131, we see that God is the one who nourishes us and nurtures our souls. We find rest in him. Psalm 132, we learn that God sees our faithfulness and rewards our self-sacrifice. Psalm 133, as Peter beautifully preached last week, we see that God is the one who binds us together in unity. He actually gives us one another as a gift in community. And then today in Psalm 134, with all of this in mind, we exercise this great and glorious privilege to bless the Lord and to receive his blessing in return. And so what I want you to see is that this is sort of both the culminating act of discipleship that we've been moving toward this all along as God has graciously been revealing himself to us and working in our lives, calling us, guiding us, protecting us, fighting for us, meeting us in our times of need. Blessing is the appropriate response to all of those things, while at the same time, blessing is the song that we are learning to sing every step along the way. God calls us, we bless him. God protects us, we bless him. God gives us grace and forgiveness, we bless him. God fights for us, we bless him. Every step along the way is this invitation to bless the Lord in and of itself, and every step along the way builds towards this life that is culminated in worship and adoration. Denise Levertov uh, has this beautiful poem that I think, if I'm not mistaken, in our, our group on Wednesday nights when we were going through uh, Eugene Peterson's Along Obedience in the Same Direction, I think Linda shared this quote with us. She read this poem, a lovely poem, but the last line stood out to me. She says, every step is an arrival. 
I think that's so one of the things that these Psalms of Ascent are teaching us. Every step is an arrival. Every step is one we turn to bless the Lord, and it's leading us somewhere. Catherine of Siena said, all the way to heaven is heaven. Isn't that a lovely idea? That's what, part of what I think these Psalms of Ascent are teaching us, that we're moving towards this great and glorious culminating act of our lives to worship and glorify God, to feast at the great banquet supper of the Lamb, and every step along the way is an opportunity to practice that, to practice worship and adoration of the God who meets us every single step along the way. All the way to heaven is heaven. Every step of ascent towards God develops the capacity to enjoy and to bless. Not only is there increasingly more to be enjoyed, Peterson said, there is steadily the acquired ability to enjoy it and to bless him in return. Wonderful. So here's what I would, one of the things I would encourage you to do this week is to reflect on your life. Take some time throughout the week. Reflect on God's call in your life. Reflect on times that God has guided you. You might want to look back. You might not have even seen it at the time, but now you can look back and you have a different kind of perspective, and you can look back and see the ways that God has guided you at various times in your life. Look back and see the ways God has protected you and cared for you and met you in moments of pain and crisis. Take some time and reflect on that. Think back to specific times when you've seen God's work and give thanks. Bless the Lord for that but then see them all together up to this very moment today and see how they've been working together to bring you to this very moment and bless God, give thanks unto God. You know, when I preach, one of the things I'm thinking about is I, I'm not trying to exhaust the scriptures. I cannot exhaust them. I know that. But mainly what I want to do is just open a door, open a window to invite you to see something afresh Think about something fresh, and then spend the week just reflecting on that. I don't want to exhaust everything today. So take these Psalms of Ascent, use them as a guide. 15 Psalms, maybe Monday through Friday for the next three weeks. Take a walk, think about one Psalm, think about what it's calling you to, the way God has called you or guided you, whatever it is. Each day, think about one thing and just reflect on that, that aspect of your life. And just allow God to meet you in those moments. Another aspect of this psalm that I think is worth pointing out is that it seems to be addressed, at least in part, uh, to the priests. Verse 1 says, Come bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord who stand by night in the house of the Lord. Well, it was the priests who stood by night in the house of the Lord. And so this psalm reminds us of our call to be God's royal priesthood. And a priest not only worships for themselves as an individual, but they worship on behalf of others as well. They bring others before the Lord. Archbishop Michael Ramsey, uh, Michael Ramsey, the 100th Archbishop of Canterbury, when he was he wrote a book to sort of help train priests, and one of the things that he would tell them is that uh, your, your, your job, your, your responsibility, or one of, is to come before the Lord with the people on your heart. When you pray, you come before the Lord with the people that you serve on your heart. That's always stuck with me. And I think we're to do that too as God's royal priesthood. As we worship and as we bless the Lord, we should be mindful of the people around us, and not just thinking about ourselves, but thinking about all those people around us. And so who are those people in your life that God is calling you to bring before him, 
to come before him with, with them on your hearts as well, thinking about others, not just about yourself. Who are those particular people that God invites you to carry into worship with you? Another act of priestly worship is that we invite others to come alongside of us and worship with us. We don't just do it for ourselves or privately, but we invite. The first word of this psalm is an invitation. Come, join me. Come, let us bless the Lord together. So who are you walking with? Who are you inviting into worship? And I don't just mean who are you inviting to come on Sunday mornings for a couple hours, but who are you walking with in the Lord? Who are you helping to see God's glory and presence all around them? Who are you walking with to help them see their inherent value and dignity in the eyes of God? Who are you walking with to help them see God's mercy and grace and love over them? Who are you walking beside and helping them learn, just like you, that we are called to glorify God and enjoy Him forever? Who else are you inviting into that process? Our job isn't primarily, or, or I would say a priest's job isn't primarily to convince people to worship, right? Not that trying to convince somebody uh, that it's a good thing to worship is a bad thing, but that's not their primary job. Their primary job is to worship themselves, to be a worshiper, to come before lower people on their hearts, and to invite others to join them in the act of worship. I think that's worth thinking about. Who are the people you're walking with and inviting to join you in worship? And then finally, the psalm ends with receiving God's blessing as well. And it's this sort of beautiful reciprocal thing. Verse, th verse 3 says, May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. And we see this pattern here. We look backwards and we see all the ways that God has been blessing us all along. We lift holy hands unto the Lord and we praise him. And then we also receive with open hands his blessing for us as well. And there's this beautiful cyclical pattern to it. Uh, in, in a long obedience in the same direction, Peterson said this, the God we serve is the God who stands, stoops, and stays. He says that summarizes the posture of blessing. God stands, he is foundational and dependable. He's the one we build our lives upon. He stoops, so he kneels to our level and meets us where we are. God stays. He sticks with us through hard times and good, sharing his life with us in grace and peace. So I would just invite you um, this week and even this morning to think about what it means for the, the creator of the, heaven and the heavens and the earth to know you by name to stoop down to you and to bless you. What does it look like for you to receive a blessing from God's hand? Is there any pride that we need to cast away? Are we humble enough and vulnerable enough to receive God's blessing? Or do we think we don't need it? And then this is, this is kind of a half-baked thought, but in our, our book study this week, we were just talking about like, the amazing concept and sort of both the, the great and terrifying concept of God inviting us to bless him. And it's actually the same word in Hebrew, which implies some sort of like kneeling down, coming before, 
God actually makes himself vulnerable before us and invites us to bless him as he stoops for us. I don't know what that means, to be perfectly honest. It's like, it's kind of mind-boggling to me. But there's something, I think, worth our reflection in that. That God is humble enough to come before us and receive a blessing that he actually, not only are we called to enjoy him, but he enjoys us. How beautiful is that? That, I think, is worth your reflection as well this week. So as we move into a time of prayer, um, let's do that. Let's, let's bless the Lord with all that that implies. Offer praise and thanksgiving unto him. Think about maybe some of the specific ways that uh, he has been moving in your life and working in your life and his hand of blessing has been upon you. Um, come with openness and vulnerability to receive his blessing as we take some time to pray now. And maybe you also want to offer a blessing unto one another as well, which is a real gift that God gives us also. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.